Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 14 of The Silent Suicide. I'm your host, Jacole Martinez, and thank you so, so much for tuning in. As you know, I like to start every episode with a dedication to my beautiful friend, Melanie. Melanie, I love you, I miss you, and I hope you're looking down on me, smiling and laughing. I also like to extend a prayer and positive thoughts to those of you listening who might be considering suicide at this very moment. I want you to know that you are loved, you are worthy, and you deserve to live. So I kind of wanted to go off the cuff again for this week's episode in honor of it being Thanksgiving week. So not only is this the holiday season, which is my absolute favorite time of the year, but it's a time to sit back and reflect on what you're thankful for, what you like about your life and what your passions in life truly are. So you might be wondering, why do I want to talk about something like that in an episode of a podcast that deals with mental health issues? Well, there's a good reason for that. I believe that mental health is both positive and negative. And not every week has to be about something negative or something traumatic. Mental health is also about being mentally healthy and being thankful for the wonderful things that are in our lives that sometimes we often overlook because we just get busy with everyday life. So I picked a positive topic in regards to mental health, and that topic is gratitude which I thought was extremely fitting for the week of Thanksgiving. So practicing gratitude can be very therapeutic and can be a game changer for a lot of people. It improves our mental health to boosting our relationships, whether it's romantic, family, or friends. Living your life with gratitude helps you notice the little wins, the little tiny things that often go overlooked during your day that actually make you smile or make you happy for just a few minutes. Some examples, you have to take a bus to work or school and the bus actually shows up on time. Or what about you're walking through a doorway and a stranger holds it open for you? Or the sun is shining through your window when you wake up in the morning. Those are little moments of time that I think most of us overlook because they seem irrelevant, but it really is beneficial for all of us to change our thinking and to recognize those small moments of peace and love and being grateful for those little moments. Each of those small moments that are strung together create a web of well-being. It really is beneficial for our mental health and just our outlook on life in general. And over time, it actually strengthens our ability to notice those good things. So building your capacity for gratitude really isn't difficult, but it's surprising how many of us, including myself, really do overlook those small moments. It actually just takes practice. The more you can bring your attention to what makes you feel grateful, the more you'll notice to feel grateful for. So how do you do that? So one, you just start by observing. You just start paying attention to the little moments. 
Notice the thank yous you say throughout the day. Just how much of a habitual response is it? Is it hasty or an afterthought? Or do you just do it sporadically throughout the day without even really realizing it? How are you feeling when you express thanks in small transactions? Stressed? Uptight? A little absent-minded? Do a quick scan of your body. Are you already physically moving on to your next interaction? Don't forget to take a moment to say thank you whenever you can. Number two is pick one interaction a day. Just one. When your instinct to say thanks arises, stop for a moment and take note of that particular moment. Can you name what you feel grateful for, even beyond the gesture that's been extended? Then you should say your thank you. So how do you practice gratitude? How do you get to the point where you're saying thank you often throughout the day and you're taking the time to recognize these precious moments? Well, there's a few different ways. Robert Emmons, who is a psychology professor and he's an actual gratitude researcher, which I had no idea that such a thing existed. He works out of the University of California and he explains that there are two key components of practicing gratitude. Number one, we affirm the good things we've received. And two, we acknowledge the role other people play in providing our lives with goodness. Most of us know it's important to express thanks to the people who help us or silently acknowledge the things we are grateful for in life. Research has linked gratitude with a wide range of benefits, including strengthening your immune system, improving your sleep pattern, feeling optimistic, and experiencing more joy and pleasure in life, being more helpful and generous, and feeling less lonely and isolated. Now, I don't know about you, but all of that sounds absolutely fantastic. I would love if all of those areas of my life would improve starting 10 seconds ago. So there are certain strategies that have been shown to really improve your outlook on gratitude just in our everyday lives. So there's 10 ways to practice it. One is keep a gratitude journal. Establish a daily practice in which you remind yourself of the gifts, grace, benefits, and good things you enjoy. Recalling moments of gratitude associated with ordinary events, your personal attributes, or valued people in your life gives you the potential to interweave a sustainable theme of gratefulness into your life. Now, some people have never kept a gratitude journal. Or some people have never kept a journal at all. I know when I was growing up, I kept a diary with a cute little lock on it so that my sisters couldn't get to it. And so I actually find journaling quite therapeutic. And so I encourage you guys, if you haven't before, just take five minutes at the end of your day when you get home from work or school or other kind of activities that you have, just take five minutes to write what happened in your day. How were you feeling? What were you thinking? Was it a good day? Was it a bad day? What made it a good day? What made it a bad day? Even if you don't do it every day, maybe a couple times a week, 
And over time, I think not only will you learn to enjoy journaling, but it really gives you the opportunity to look at actual snapshots of your life and not just have the memories in your mind, but also on paper. So before we go on to the other nine ways of practicing daily gratitude, I kind of wanted to talk about, well, how do you even keep a gratitude journal? Obviously, keep in mind, this is going to be different for everyone, but I did find some tips and tricks that might be helpful if you're wanting to start a gratitude journal. So one is write down up to five things for which you feel grateful. The physical record is important. Don't just do this exercise in your head. The things you list can be relatively small in importance. The sandwich I had for lunch today was awesome or relatively large. My sister gave birth to a healthy baby boy today. The goal of the exercise is to remember a good event, experience, person, or thing in your life. Then enjoy the good emotions that come with it. So as you write, there's a couple important tips. One, go for depth over breadth. Elaborating in detail about a particular person or thing for which you're grateful for carries more benefits than a superficial list of many things. Get personal. Focusing on people to whom you are grateful for has more of an impact than focusing on things for which you are grateful. Try subtraction, not just addition. Consider what your life would be like without certain people or things, rather than just tallying up all the good stuff. Be grateful for the negative outcomes you avoided, escaped, prevented, or turned into something positive. Try not to take that good fortune for granted. See good things as gifts. Thinking of the good things in your life as gift guards against taking them for granted. Try to relish and savor the gifts you've received. You can also savor surprises. Try to record events that were unexpected or surprising, as these tend to elicit stronger levels of gratitude. Revise if you repeat. Writing about some of the same people and things is okay, but zero in on a different aspect in detail. Write regularly. Whether you write every day, every other day, once a week, or once a month, commit to a regular time to journal and then honor that commitment. But most importantly, don't overdo it. Evidence suggests writing occasionally one to three times per week is more beneficial than daily journaling. That might be because we adapt to positive events and can soon become numb to them. That's why it helps to savor surprises. So those are just some of the ways that you can kind of start to think about keeping a gratitude journal. So let's get back to the 10 ways to practice your daily gratitude. Number one was to keep that gratitude journal. Number two is to remember the bad. To be grateful in your current state, it is helpful to remember the hard times that you once experienced. When you remember how difficult life used to be and how far you've come, you set up an explicit contrast in your mind, and this contrast is fertile ground for gratefulness. Now, I have a personal experience about that just this particular week. So last week, I had a minor car accident, and it messed up the front end of my beautiful Challenger. 
So needless to say, I finally got it back from the shop yesterday and it looks fantastic. And you can't even tell that there was any damage done. But really, I took a step back and I realized the backstory is I paid cash for it because I didn't want my insurance premiums to go up. But that really made me take a step back and realize that maybe 10, 15 years ago, I didn't have the extra money in my bank account to be able to make large purchases like that. So it really made me feel grateful that I have a career that allows me the financial freedom to make big purchases or to not be completely devastated at random things such as car issues or medical issues or anything like that. So I really felt a sense of gratitude. The next one is share your gratitude with others. Research has found that expressing gratitude can strengthen relationships. So the next time your partner, friend, or family member does something you appreciate, be sure to let them know. Now, that might sound familiar to some of you if you're familiar with the five love languages. So for a lot of people, just that sentiment of recognizing acts of service is a love language. So that's very, very important to a lot of people. And I think more of us just need to do that. The next one is come to your senses. Through our senses, touch, see, smell, taste, and hear, we gain an appreciation of what it means to be human and of what an incredible miracle it is just to be alive. Seen through the lens of gratitude, the human body is not only a miraculous construction, but also a gift. So what that's saying is, again, take those few minutes and as those moments of love and appreciation and things that you are really grateful for, take a minute to recognize that. You can also use visual reminders. Because the two primary obstacles to gratefulness are forgetfulness and a lack of mindful awareness, visual reminders can serve as cues to trigger thoughts of gratitude. Oftentimes, the best visual reminders are other people. Make a vow to practice gratitude. Research shows that making an oath to perform a behavior increases the likelihood that the action will be executed. Therefore, write your own gratitude vow, which could be something as simple as, I vow to count my blessings each day, and post it somewhere where you will be reminded of it every day. Now that brings up another example. I am the type of person who, if I don't write it down, I forget it. And I am definitely a visual learner as opposed to an audio learner. So what I've done in the past is, like for instance, right now in my office at work, I have motivational quotes and sayings that really resonate with me after I read them. So I write them down, I put them on pink post-it notes, and I have them all over my office. And that's just something that when I'm having a difficult moment, I can look up at those post-it notes, read that quote, and just automatically feel better. Or what about in the morning, writing something on your bathroom mirror so you can read it while you get ready for work? 
one kind of trick that I used when I was a teenager, actually, is writing something on my bathroom mirror with my finger. And then when you shower, especially with hot water and the steam develops in the room with the door closed, the message will actually appear in the mirror. Now, I know that sounds silly to a lot of people, but that was another way that I showed myself gratitude, that I was thankful for something. And it could have been just as simple as, have a great day, don't forget to smile, you are loved, things like that. And it's really just a great way to start your day. Another tip is watch your language. Grateful people have a particular linguistic style that uses the language of gifts, givers, blessings, blessed, fortune, fortunate, and abundance. In gratitude, you should not focus on how inherently good you are, but rather on the inherently good things that others have done on your behalf. Go through the motions. Grateful motions, including smiling, saying thank you, and writing letters of gratitude. By going through these grateful motions, you'll trigger the emotion of gratitude more often. And number 10 is to think outside the box. If you want to make the most of opportunities to flex your gratitude muscles, you must look creatively for new situations and circumstances in which you need to feel grateful. Please share the creative ways you found to help you practice gratitude. I would love if you guys would go to either my website, which is thesilentsuicide.org, or on one of my social media platforms. And especially because it's Thanksgiving week, please let me know what you're grateful for in your lives. So let's bring this whole topic of gratitude back to how it can help us or make us healthier for our mental health. So the first way, it can help with stress and pain. The regions associated with gratitude are part of the neural networks that light up when we socialize and experience pleasure. These regions are also heavily connected to the parts of the brain that control basic emotion regulation, such as heart rate and arousal levels, and are associated with stress relief and then pain reduction. Feeling grateful and recognizing help from others creates a more relaxed body state and allows the subsequent benefits of lowered stress to wash over us. It can also help with depression. Perhaps even more encouraging, a researcher by the name of Prathik Kinney, which I'm sure I didn't pronounce correctly, so I apologize, and their colleagues at Indiana University performed a subsequent study examining how practicing gratitude can alter your brain function in depressed individuals. They found evidence that gratitude may induce structural changes in the very same parts of the brain that we found active in the experiment I just talked about. Such a result, in complement to our own, tells a story of how the mental practice of gratitude may even be able to change and rewire your brain. So in essence, what does feeling grateful do for you? Well, as I just said, it helps your body feel happier. It helps your brain function on a higher level. There was a study done that involved nearly 300 adults 
that were seeking counseling services at a particular university. And one randomized group wrote a gratitude letter each week for three weeks. The gratitude group reported significantly better mental health compared to the 300 adults seeking counseling at follow-up 12 weeks after the last writing exercise. Another type of written gratitude practice is counting blessings or three good things. A study of this practice found that people who wrote down three things that had gone well in their day and identified them actually made them feel happier overall. And there's one more theory that I found that I found extremely fascinating. So I just kind of wanted to share it with you guys before I ended this episode. It's called the find, remind, bind theory. Now, I had never heard of that before this episode. In addition to giving individual benefits, gratitude may also help to strengthen ties with friends, loved ones, and those in our wider communities. The find, remind, bind theory, which was first proposed by a psychologist named Cyril Algo, who was an associate professor at University of North Carolina, suggests that gratitude can help people identify good candidates for a new relationship, which is find, appreciate existing relationships, which is remind, and motivate people to maintain or invest in these relationships, which is bind. As Sarah writes in a 2012 paper on her theory, quote, gratitude starts inside one individual and its effects spread to a dyadic relationship and perhaps throughout an entire social network, end quote. So as you can see, this is a great reminder, not only because of the holiday, but just to have a richer, greater, happier life. Take time every single day to find something to be grateful for. Say a couple extra thank yous throughout your day and tell your loved ones how much you love them and why you love them. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this particular episode. I, like I said in the beginning, not only want to highlight difficulties with mental health issues, but also on the other side, which is positive ways of nurturing our mental health. So as I end this episode, I want to remind you that being special makes you different. I hope no matter what you're doing or who you're doing it with, that you have a absolute fantastic Thanksgiving. Enjoy your long weekend and we will talk next week. Love you. 